Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first, let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can find out more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your program by going to hometownticketing.com and talk to their experts. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to thank our newest sponsor, Gipper. Uh, Gipper is the way that coaches, schools, and athletic departments create world-class marketing content. Create custom-branded content for your school's social media channels in seconds on any device and without needing any design experience. Go to Gipper.com for more information. And again, thanks to Gipper for joining us on the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Final Forms, the industry leader in registration. And Final Forms is more than just forms. Final Forms is a team, it's technology, and they provide schools with compliance, communication, and risk management solutions. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility and has reminders for parents about policies and physicals and all the forms that athletes have. Final Forms can also help with team communication and attendance and even coaches certification. Okay. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the forms that come across your desk. And it does this with secure language translation and ADA compliance. You know, it's time for you to talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. We also want to thank Huddle. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. More than 200,000 teams use Huddle to help their teams play better using video and analytics. Huddle's the complete performance platform with online tools and smart cameras. They've always had analytics, but there's so much more. Huddle's also built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high schools and colleges, and even the pros have used Huddle to help their athletes perform at the highest level. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. We also want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic surveys by Lifetrack also connects you to the 95% of the parents and the student athletes that really love your program, and it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466, or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student-athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. 
You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They have a variety of interactive touchscreen consoles and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments and go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. You can also call them at 614-981-3589 or shoot them an email at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Bring your school's legacy to life. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive. Their indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year and also create the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. See exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're staying right here in Florida today, and our guest is Jennifer Lockrum. Uh, I met Jennifer uh, this past uh, track season on the officials circuit. Uh, she's the head cross-country and co-head track coach at University High School in Orange City, Florida, in the Orlando area. Uh, but she's also a certified track and field official. And so we're going to kind of talk about the coaching and the officiating today. But Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Jake. Yeah, um, you know, you and I had a chance to visit this spring at a number of our meets. And again, I got to see you in action as an official. <laughs> um, but uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So Give us that five-minute bio. Where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Went to school? And, and kind of how has your path led you to um, Orange City, Florida? Yeah, sure. It's uh, probably everybody says this, but it's a little bit of an unconventional path to, to where you met me. Um, I was actually born in Texas, um, but I've lived in Florida enough of my life to, to say that I'm from Florida. Um, grew up over on the West Coast and moved to Central Florida uh, when I was a teenager, and I've lived here ever since um, as an adult, that's where I've raised my kids. Um, I did not um, participate in team sports <laughs> at all. Uh, you know, when I was when I was growing up, it just weren't that type of family. Um, in high school, I uh, went to a very small high school. My graduating class had 30 students, just to give you an idea of how small it was. So when we were when they were starting the uh, women's basketball team, um, anyone who tried out made the cut. So that that was my experience with with high school sports. Um, and then the uh, getting into coaching was just one of those right place at the right time. Um, I had met uh, another coach. She was actually the the coach. Um, at university high school from its initiation it's it's kind of a young high school i think they're 11 years now um so for this area when you're talking about the land high school has been here for about 120 years um it's it's a newer school um but she had recently taken on the role of athletic director and was going to have to step away from coaching um and she 
had asked me repeatedly to to try it out. Um, so I finally agreed to one season of cross country, you know, and you know how the rest of that goes. Um, but she knew me just through running, um, actually not through, through coaching or, or teaching, which I, I know a lot of the, the coaches that I've interacted with and officials have met one another through the school system or administrative background. Um, ours was more of a, she had kind of an eye for, for who might be good with the kids. And, um, yeah, that's, that's been seven years and <laughs> it was, it was one of the best decisions I ever made. So. No, any, uh, any good athletic director is always on the lookout for, you know, that coaching talent, you know, and it can come from different, uh, places. Um, talk a little bit about, um, you know, coming on board, uh, again, you would you know, become a runner, obviously, but, uh, how was that coming on board in the coaching environment? Um, you know, any surprises or was it just a, a natural fit? Yeah. Uh, you knew you found the right place. Um, that's a good question because my initial answer would be, it was all surprises. Um, but I do feel like pretty quickly on it, it felt like a natural fit. Um, and, and it, it was more just the ability to interact with the athletes, um, and then the coaching side of it, the, the actual knowledge of the way that the meets go and, and your timelines and your training plans, um, all that I had to kind of scramble and, and learn myself. Um, she was involved in a lot of roles at that time. And as much as it created an intense amount of stress the first couple of seasons, I, I can only thank her for saying, here's this program, good luck. I mean, that, that was the extent of what I was, what I was given. Um, so to have to learn all of that on my own, it was, it, it made me the coach who I am. I, it, it truly benefited me. Yeah. Well, obviously you're doing a good job because uh, they're, they're keeping you around. Okay. <laughs> or they're desperate. But, yeah. you know, and you're branching have. out into uh, the world of officiating. So, you know, we're going to talk about that later uh, for our listeners. We're visiting today with Jennifer Lockrum. She is a uh, track and field official here in the state of Florida. She's also the head cross-country coach, co-head track coach at University High School in Orange City, Florida. We're going to take a quick break here from one of our sponsors, but we'll be right back. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Gipper, our newest sponsor on the Educational AD Podcast. Gipper is the way that coaches, ADs, uh, schools can create world-class marketing content with custom branded ads for your school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device and without needing any design experience. It's so easy that even I can do it. Um, we want to thank Gipper for their support. They're going to have a brand new commercial for us soon, but go to Gipper.com. Tell them that you uh, heard about it on the Educational AD Podcast and see what they can do for you and your school's program. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. We're visiting today with Jennifer Lockrum. She's a high school coach in Florida, but uh, we met our paths crossed on the officiating trail, and, and that's what I want to talk about now. Um, Jen, obviously, there's a lot more coaches then there are officials and having coached for a long, long time. Uh, I know that coaches always think they know the rules 
Uh, and many times they do, but many times they don't. Uh, I'm curious, you know, what was the, the tug? What got you to uh, come over to the dark side of uh, being a track and field official? Well, first, it, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a dark side, but maybe I'm not, I'm not jaded and crusty yet. I, I find it novel still. Um, but I, you're touching on just a little bit of my experience as far as I didn't have a lot of experience um, in this realm uh, growing up with the track and field or cross country. So I just had a strong desire to learn every bit of it that I could um, to better my athletes uh, and better myself as a coach. And along the way, um, that involves learning the rules. You know, it involves knowing the ins and outs of each event at a, at a track and field meet, which, as you know, um, as a new coach, what you don't know could fill a stadium, right? Like, it's, <laughs> you felt like an imposter every time I showed up. Um, and then probably my second season in, I was already being asked to unofficially officiate some events. That's just the nature of some of these meets. Um, and I'm just not the type of person or coach that's going to do that without um, doing it 100%. So kind of immersing myself in, in learning from other coaches. I actually did the um, USATF level one, which was a nice background um, to each kind of event, but it, it obviously doesn't give you that officiating experience. Um, uh, did the level two and just made some really good connections there. Um, and at that point, that was when some of the, the connections that I made started talking to me about officiating. And even if it wasn't um, to actually officiate events, it was just like you said, um, most coaches don't necessarily know the rules. Um, and I think your athletes are at a bit of a deficit if, if they don't know the rules, if they're showing up to a, a meet or an event and they don't know all the ins and outs of it. Um, so really I started learning the, the official rules and the officiating side of it. Um, just as part of the process of, of bettering myself as a coach um, for, the, for my athlete's experience. Um, and then um, one of the coaches that I, that I met, he actually saw me raking pits at a, at a meet and said, if you're gonna do this, you know, let's at least get you through the process. Um, so Ken Brahman um, really pushed for the, um, to take the test, to, to go to the clinics and, and become an official. And, and again, it was all under the umbrella of, even if you never actually officiate, at least you know the rules, it's a great resource. But I think deep down he knew that I was, <laughs> once I know this, I'm, I, I have a deep love for, for rules and <laughs> for, <laughs> for seeing things move smoothly and, and, and efficiently. And I, I think it's, it betters the sport for everyone involved if there's um, qualified officials and and coaches at the events so if I can be a part of that that's that was something that was appealing to me so it's a pretty slippery slope in in getting the certification and then all of a sudden you're at every meet so <laughs> yeah like, like most sports you know track and field is no different there's a shortage of officials and so you know when you know the when we, whoever we is, when we find someone uh, that has that interest and even a little bit of background, but mostly interest, you know, we're going to do everything we can to uh, help them along the way. Um, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, taking the exam uh, in Florida, you know, you have to register on the FHSA website, our state association, you know, you have to pass the 
uh, rules exam, uh, which for our listeners, it's an open book exam, but it's still, um, if you got to go through that, uh, that book uh, and, and make sure that you are answering correctly. Um, and then you're out there, you're officiating meets. Uh, I think the first meet that we met, uh, my wife and I were working at uh, Lake Highland Prep uh, in Orlando and, and you were there. So uh, that's a district level meet, you know, it's kind of a playoff game. Uh, you know, how was that, uh, you know, uh, coming in at, uh, you know, at say that level and uh, being an official? Yeah, like you said, it's, it's when you're unofficially in charge of some of the events, it's a lot more relaxed and, and people are a little more forgiving with you you know, messing up here and there and having to ask a lot of questions. But once you get to the district and the regional level, um, I, I know for me, I, I care enough that I actually felt that pressure, which is a good thing. You know, you yeah. don't want to go into it and, and be complacent. Um, I really wanted it to be a 100% experience for the coaches and the athletes who were there. Um, it's a big deal to get to that point um, and especially to advance beyond that. And I certainly didn't want any action on my part to negatively affect their experience. So um, doing it live and, and doing it at the, the district to regional to beyond level. Um, I think if you're not a little bit nervous, then, <laughs> then, then maybe you're not, <laughs> you know, especially as a new, a new official, um, if, if you don't care enough to be nervous, then it's a, but it's good. I mean, it's, it's a full immersion and I, I wouldn't have done it any other way. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put you on the spot and again for our listeners. Um, I, I'm, I'm, um, I was a lead official for an event at our state track meet and uh, there's a very small group of people at our state association level that choose all the officials. So you know, I've been doing this for a long time and, and so I was very excited to be a lead. Um, Jen for you, you know your first year of officiating obviously you impress some people. Uh, along the way, you got selected to work at the state meet. So uh, talk, uh, uh, take our listeners through that experience. Uh, how was that work in those four days? Um, I loved it. And, and like I said, maybe that's, uh, ask me 10 years from now and, and maybe I won't have the same reaction, but for me to be able to be in the midst of what's my sport right now, uh, I, I would, that was amazing. Um, and, and I know you were there and when they're asking you to stay a little bit longer to umpire some of the running events, I mean, I'm a, I'm a distance coach, so <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna ask me to, you know, beg me to stand at the state meet and watch the people on the track breaking the record. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Like that's, <laughs> so again, like I said that, you know, the, uh, at that point, at least I'd had a few, um, district and regional meets under my belt. So I felt a little bit more confident uh, in my abilities. And, and honestly, um, you had touched on the open book and, and knowing the rules. It's set up to where as long as you know those rules, um, you really can't go wrong. So I, I had a good understanding of that and I had excellent support from um, the other officials and umpires. I mean, it was just, it was an amazing experience all around. Yeah, I think our group does a, 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 an outstanding job of supporting each other and helping each other. Very collegial atmosphere. So glad you had a good time and uh, looking forward to seeing you back next year. Absolutely. 
for our listeners, uh, once again, we're visiting today with Jennifer Lockram. She's a head cross country and co-head track coach at University High School in Orange City, Florida, also a track and field official here in our state. We're going to take another quick break, but we'll be back. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Final Forms, the industry leader in registration. But Final Forms is more than just forms. Final Forms is a team, it's technology, and they provide schools with compliance, communication, and risk management solutions. Final Forms helps your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility, and it has reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come with having an athlete in the house. Final Forms can also help with team communication and attendance, even certification management for coaches. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. And it does this with secure language translation and ADA compliance. You know, it's time for you to talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. Welcome back to the Educational AD Podcast. Again, our guest today is Jennifer Lockram, high school coach, high school official. Jen, one of the things we ask our guests uh, goes back to this idea of mentorship in, in coaching and being in athletics. Um, leadership, mentorship is so important. None of us get here on our own. So who are some of the mentors that you've had in your career that have kind of helped you along the way? The expression I always use is, I still hear those voices in my head. So uh, whose voice do you still hear? So when, when you ask, the first thing that comes to mind is actually fairly negative, um, but I think it's driven me to, to be the coach that I am. Um, but my, my high school coaching experience was somewhat brief, um, but it was a person that, that shouldn't have been in the role that he was in. Um, so it was, it was pretty negative for everybody who was on the team. And you can take that and say, I never want to participate in, in team sports and I never want to be a coach. Or you can say, I never want to be that coach. Um, so when I first started coaching, I did hear a lot of the way that he would talk to the athletes and the way that he presented himself and, and spoke to parents and knew that I wanted to do the opposite. Um, so that, that was kind of, <laughs> I wouldn't call it a mentor, but it was definitely an influence that I wouldn't have chosen, but it's, it, it drove me to be the type of coach that I wish that I had had. Um, um, beyond that, I think I had mentioned the athletic director that hired me. Um, she was the cross country and, and track coach since the school's inception. And she's recently returned to coach track and field with me, um, Lisa Eggert. She's, she's coached at the college level. Um, she was a collegiate athlete. She's just well-rounded. Um, she recently um, took the officials exam as well. So we're just trying to actually get her to the meets, but she's just got that, that knack when you see her um, interact with the kids that you, you say, well, of course you're a coach. I mean, that's just <laughs> what you're meant to be. Um, so she inspires me, even if she wasn't coaching now, um, her influence on our school's sport would have inspired me. But the fact that I get to work with her 
on a daily basis throughout the track season is is a constant learning and a, just an incredibly positive experience. I mean, it's it's there's nothing like being excited to go to your can't even call it work. You know, it's fun <laughs> every day um, because you're working with somebody that's that's that incredible of a human. Um, and then I, I think I'd also mentioned Ken Brahman, who just he he'll he'll talk to anybody and he'll tell his stories. And I, I think everybody's met Ken, but it's a incredibly unique and special experience when he takes the time to get to know you and to encourage you in the sport. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't be officiating without his influence. Um, but I think one of the most important things that he's always instilled is um, to never stop learning. You know, he's, he's been doing this 50 years. He's had athletes at the state meet for 50 years and continues to uh, look up articles, you know, new, new tricks and new tips and, and, and what new equipment are people using and, and how can we better coach. So if, if someone who's been doing this 50 years is, is still learning, that's obviously something that I should be doing as well. So I, I'm very grateful for, for those influences. I really appreciate you sharing. And the first example you gave, um, that's, I don't want to say it was fairly common, but it's not unusual. You know, a lot of people, we all have a purpose in life and some people's purpose is to serve as a bad example. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I can look back at a couple of coaches that I had back in the day and upon reflection, you just go, you know, this, this person should have never coached uh, right. at the time, you know, it was, again, I'm a lot older than you uh, at the time. It was, uh, you know, it just either liked your coach. or You didn't like your coach. It was never a question of, Oh, I'm not going to play because, you know, coach Smith is, is coaching basketball this year. Right. It was just You played and this guy or this gal uh, was the coach. Uh, hopefully as the years have gone on, you know, in, in our profession uh, you know, we're doing a better job of, of, of helping coaches, you know, coach our kids. So I um, appreciate you sharing those stories. Okay. Uh, I'm sure some of my athletes look back and say, uh, you know, God, that guy was a, a knucklehead. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to clash. It, it, that's not, I'm not looking for everybody to like me, but it's just a, you know, more of the fundamentals of, of, of being a coach who inspires someone to, to love the sport um, exactly. and, and sets them off for the rest of their life with, with valuable lessons. I mean, that's, Exactly. You know, the, we, we talk about that and it needs to be more than just talking is that we're using sport to, you know, help kids have a great experience and go off and do, you know, other things, you know, very few of the kids we coach uh, are going to be, you know, playing at that next level. So, uh, you know, great stuff. Great example. Appreciate you sharing. Once again, for listeners, our guest today is Jennifer Lockram, high school coach, high school official. Uh, we're going to take another quick break, but please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams, including some of the best in the world, use Huddle to help their teams play better using video and analytics. Huddle is the complete performance platform. They have online tools, smart cameras. They've always had analytics, but there's so much more. Huddle is also built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high school and college programs, and even the pros use Huddle to help their athletes perform at the highest level. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student-athletes 
and the coaches of the teams you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Jen, one question that we always ask our guests has to do with this idea of sharing best practices. So uh, I'm going to put you on the spot again. You've been at your school now for a number of years. And when you can take a step back and look at it objectively, or maybe with equal parts uh, pride and humility, uh, what are some things that you think you guys do particularly well that would come under this heading of best practices. You have anything you can share with us? A couple things. Um, so since I've been there, there have been three different athletic directors. So I'm only going to speak to um, my current athletic director, only because you know previously it doesn't matter much. Because with each athletic director also came a different principal, different administrators. So um, I will say, as a general rule. Um, just this is something that that I appreciate and I didn't realize that our school was somewhat unique um, in this respect until I talked to a few other coaches um, but we're big on compliance uh, you know part of the state association part of the um, various jurisdictions and compliance is is important to my athletic director and it's important to the administration um, it's always been important to me and so to have the support of administration that also kind of drives that into us that I don't care if you like it or not, this is, this is <laughs> the, the rules that are set in place and they're there for a good reason. And um, we're good with that. We're, we're good with, with paperwork and ice baths and AEDs and, and all those little things that, that make a big difference um, to me. So I, I appreciate how strong we are in, in the compliance and adhering to the rules that are in place. Um, and with that respect, I would say I get a lot of support from my athletic director. Um, and I liken it to being at a meet and having an issue and the, the meet referee is, is always going to back you, you know, that they're always going to be in your corner. Um, so as long as, as I'm following those rules and being compliant, I know that my athletic director is always going to back me. So if there's ever an issue um, with a parent or disgruntled athlete or another coach, um, I feel like our school definitely backs the support. I mean, the staff, they're very supportive in that way. And like I said, these are things that I take for granted because I've been there for a while and I've just appreciated them. But when I have the experience to talk to other coaches, um, that's not always the case. So I, I feel like it's, it's important. Um, like I said, they... They expect us to stick to the rules. And if we're doing that, then they are supporting us in that. So, Yeah, as an athletic director, I can certainly echo the importance of that, having the, the coaches you know, buy in and follow, not because they're being made to, but because they understand they want to uh, make sure that you don't become, I share this with our coaches, I would say we're not going to be that school you know, that school that's, that's getting in trouble or, or doing these things. And very fortunate to have great coaches, uh, you know, on our staffs that, that embrace that ideal. You're right. We don't want to be that school. So uh, uh, it's great that you've got that leadership, number one, and, you know, the backing uh, to, you know, 
when somebody might question you, a parent or a kid, say, hey, you know, this is the rule. This is how we roll. Okay. Yeah. Um, having been there for, for seven years and you, you shared kind of the circumstances that you came on board, um, what are some changes maybe that you've seen for maybe when you first came on board, you know, we, we did it this way, but now we're doing it a, a slightly different way, you know, you know, trying to do it, do it better. Anything stick out for you? Um, again, just in the changes in the personnel, um, the people that were previously in the roles um, had a lot of experience with sport and with school and a little bit of administration. Um, but our current athletic director has been in the athletic director role, both in Florida and Ohio um, for a couple of decades. So she's kind of got it down to a little bit of a science. That doesn't mean that everything's perfect. Um, you know, in, in some cases, it's a lot more of, I'm, I'm going to buy pizzas for the whole team and we're going to have fun. And, and others, it's, we're going to have to save every penny and, and, you know, let's make sure that you hand sew your own uniforms, you know, whatever, <laughs> no, not necessarily to that level. Um, but, uh, you know, each one of them has a different approach to how they're going to be in that role. Um, but what hasn't wavered is that support. And, and like I said, I, I feel like I'm lucky in that respect that, that I respect and, and support them and, and they're always going to do that for me. So we're going to do this at the end of the podcast, but uh, if one of our listeners uh, wanted to reach out and uh, pick your brain a little bit about, you know, coaching or officiating or even how you do things, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? Um, probably the email address that I provided you. So coach Lockram, it's my last name, L O C K R E M at gmail.com. And I'm, I'm one of those people that's pretty receptive to, to emails and texts and I, I'm, always willing to talk the sport so okay again jennifer lockram uh, head cross country coach co-head track coach at university high school in orange city florida also a uh, fhsa certified track official uh, we're going to take another break but we'll be back with some more this is the educational ad podcast we also want to say thanks to sideline interactive for their support Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can not just only generate funds for you, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Jennifer, one of our longtime questions has um, revolved around this idea of athletic directors or coaches and leaders just trying to do a better job with their stakeholders, their community. So, again, I, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, how can a, a leader, an AD, a head coach, do a better job of being socially aware for their kids? Uh, do you have any advice for us? So two things come to mind. One is, is not as appealing, but I kind of had to force myself to do it. So I'll start with the more appealing one. Um, and it's spending time with the athletes, um, especially outside of the sport. Um, an example I use at the AD level is the AD doesn't just sit in the golf cart um, 
you know, 100 meters away, they're in the stands and they're talking to kids and they're commenting on how they've painted their chest. And it's just something that I've noticed that if they build that relationship with the kids, um, especially outside of Reborn, they're, they're, they're not stressed out that the kids are, are there to enjoy themselves. And here's an adult in authority who's just there to talk to them. They feel like, I feel like the athletes build that relationship to where they can share things with the athletic director um, and in turn get the athletic director's advice on issues that might be outside of the sport. Um, so I'm impressed with, with our athletic director. You know, you're gonna be there anyway. Don't just be the figurehead, um, get involved, talk to them, uh, you know, build that relationship and kind of the social events are gonna fall into place when you're doing that. Um, the other side of it is immersing yourself somewhat in social media, which I have a strong love-hate relationship with social media. I've, I've been able to not be a part of it for most of my life, um, but I do recognize that being in this role, um, it does help to keep a pulse on what's happening in, in these kids' lives, whether they necessarily realize it or not. But when you're catching snippets of conversations of that they're having, that's something that's on their mind. And if you have no clue what they're talking about, um, you're immediately at a deficit. So not necessarily interacting with them on social media. I have a hard and fast rule about that. <laughs> as long as they're my athletes, we don't follow each other. Um, but knowing what's going on in the world, you know, having enough of a social media presence that when your kids are even having a conversation with each other and, and try to draw you into it, that you're not the, the clueless adult. No, you, you mentioned social media. I'm going to go ahead and follow that thread a little bit. Um, in the last, you know, let's say five years, and it's probably even longer than that, really been a, a very aggressive push. Some of our sponsors are, are involved in that uh, for coaches and ADs to embrace and use social media to promote the kids, to promote the teams and the programs. And there is certainly a very positive side to that. Um, at the same time, as you alluded to, you know, it, it can be a love hate relationship. Uh, I, again, I keep doing this to you. You're going to hate me. Um, can you think of something uh, from the positive end of it uh, with say your social media where you, you saw, wow, this really helped the kid or this really helped our program. Uh, can you think of an example um, here in the last uh, couple of seasons? Sure. On a basic level, videos that I may never have seen, um, whether from other coaches, toolboxes or performances um, that I've been able to share with my team via social media. So without, without someone else using that platform and sharing that knowledge, um, it's not something that, that I would have found in a book. Um, so I would say that's a positive aspect of it. It's, it's not it's all part of the learning process. And, and here I can say I, I found this on on Instagram and, and immediately share it with my kids. Um, I would use it for that. No, and, and again, that's um, one of those positive things. There's just so much material out there now, um, you know, online. And I'm showing my own, uh, you know, ignorance of uh, social media platforms. But, you know, the, we, we have an AD here in Florida uh, and she does a great job 
Uh, and she's kind of a TikTok guru. She takes TikToks of her coaches, of her teachers, of her kids and, and posts them. And the, the kids love it. And it's a way for her to stay connected, you know, to the kids and the coaches and also promote her program. One of her TikToks yeah. got like, you know, 200,000, um, you know, views. So, uh, you know, that's her high school. That's her coaches. Yeah. That's her kids. So uh, there is a, a, a very positive aspect to it. Again, for our listeners, uh, we're visiting today with Jennifer Lockram. She's a high school coach. She's a high school official. And uh, we're going to get some more wisdom from her. Let's take another quick break. Uh, this is the Educational AD Podcast. We also need to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they are on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They have a variety of interactive touchscreen consoles and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments and go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. You can also call them at 614-981-3589 or shoot them an email at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Let them help you bring your school's legacy to life. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Jennifer, we're going to stay on uh, this topic uh, in a different fashion. Uh, one of our questions we ask is, how can a coach or an athletic director help kids to develop toughness? A uh, hundred years ago, when I was in high school, our coaches would say, come on, Jake, you got to be tough. And, you know, we knew what they meant. Uh, but I think over the years, we have learned much better ways to communicate those ideas uh, to our student athletes, which is a very good thing. But again, this is me talking. I think toughness is an important um, quality for sports and for life. So my question to you is, how can we help kids to develop toughness? Um, can you help us here? It's a great question. Um, and, and like you said, from the times that we were in school until now, a lot of that culture has changed. Um, but I think developing resiliency or toughness, however you wanna to phrase it, is, is an important value. Um, I'm gonna take the easy route and say that I'm a distance coach and anyone who's coming out for my sport, that's a tough kid. It's a, we start conditioning um, actually Monday for our cross country season and being in central Florida, um, we're not going to have a run that's less than 80 degrees on any day. So any kid that's even showing up for that, they've got a tough side to them already. Um, so the training part of it, I do just encourage the fact that they're even there, that if this was easy, um, everybody would be doing it. So the fact that they're even showing up for a sport that involves you know, I know it's cliche, but every other sport's punishment um, as, as their chosen sport. Um, that's a tough kid. When we get to the racing side of it early on, uh, it, my kids roll their eyes at this now, but I'm sure in a very loving way. But I, I developed the, uh, the race day rule that you are allowed to walk during a cross country meet. But if it's for more than three seconds, I'm calling the paramedics. And you have to explain to the ambulance and your parents and every administrator there why the paramedics are, are there because you felt tired and decided to walk during a 5K. 
Um, so I don't get a lot of walkers, um, but that's just the, you know, uh, kind of putting a, instilling in them that, that you're here, you need to show up and you're here to race. Um, obviously if they are in distress, I would call a paramedic and it wouldn't be <laughs> in a joking way. Um, but same thing in, in the sport of, of track and field, those, those kids are, they're a little bit different. I mean, they're built to be tough and that's usually um, what I try to instill upon them at the end of season, that this is something that they can take into the rest of their lives, that it's not that this sport wasn't hard for them. It was that they mentally and physically recognized the difficulty of it and continued on. And that's a resilient human being. If you can do that, um, if you can race over mud and hills and, and rocks for more than a lot of people will run in their entire life um, and go back and do it the next weekend, um, there's not much you can't take on. So just kind of allowing them to recognize that they were already a little bit tougher than, than most humans when they started. And the fact that they stuck with it is um, just building onto that. I love the way you, you talked about that process of explaining, um, you know, the parameters of competition. Uh, and also you use that term, you know, they recognize the mental and physical, you know, challenges and, you know, help them understand, well, this is what toughness means in this particular in environment. And, you know, having been, you know, married to a cross country coach for a very long time, uh, I, I understand. I've, I've seen those kids out there and our, our youngest daughter ran cross country too. So uh, uh, definitely those kids are tough. Wrestlers are tough. Cheerleaders are tough. You know, there's, there's yeah, toughness absolutely. in all of our uh, displays of sport and athletics. But uh, I think you hit on the key part is, you know, kind of defining what toughness means and then explaining it uh, letting the kids recognize and understand it. Very and cool take stuff. that into, into beyond the sport. You know, it's, it's, I think there's so much more to that than just, I, I raced hard in this 1600 meter today. Uh, you know, it was, I, I, my stomach felt terrible and it was 90 degrees, um, 10 years down the road, they'll draw from that experience. You know, they'll, they'll recognize that, that they did something hard and, hopefully apply that to to other situations in a oh, absolutely there's no question about that well jen this has been really cool spending some time with you we got to talk a little bit during the track season but uh you know many times we were doing different events but uh we're not done yet uh we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox now you're not an athletic director but you certainly know your way around the the world of athletics uh we're going to take a quick break and we're going to hear from Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack, who sponsor the Athletic Director Toolbox segment. When we come back, I'm going to ask Jen Lockerham what she would put into a new Athletic Director's Toolbox. Uh, please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also connects you to the usually 95% of the parents and the student athletes that really love your program. And it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com 
and check out their testimonials. And then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466. Or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them show you how to take your athletic program from good to great. Once again, uh, for listeners, we've been visiting with Jennifer Lockrum. She's the head cross country coach and co-head track coach at University High School in uh, Orange City, Florida. Uh, also a track and field official here in our state association. Uh, but right now, I'm going to challenge her to send out a brand new AD or a brand new coach. Uh, but I'm only going to let her put three things in their toolbox. Jen, what three items are going to go in your athletic director toolbox? So I know it's touchy because we're coming from private schools, public schools, 1A schools, 4A schools, um, but money is a factor. Um, so I think budgeting is a huge key in successful athletic directing, um, knowing what you have to work with and appropriating it in a way um, that benefits all the way down to the athletes. Um, oftentimes I've seen issues with um, sports and seasons that shouldn't have happened if money was appropriated correctly. Now, this is coming from a coach, not an athletic director. So I fully recognize the challenges associated with that. Um, but from, from my perspective, it's a huge key to, to being successful in that role and being successful for your teams. Um, no, absolutely. Uh, there, there's no question. You know, having that awareness of, of what the budget is and, and how to, you know, make it even better. It's, it sounds like a duh thing, but it, it really is. There's so much wrapped up in that role that sometimes um, I've, it, it can take you by surprise. You go, oh, we don't have any more money. <laughs> um, and then just something I touched on earlier is, is spending time with the athletes. I think once you get to the administrative level, it's easy to um, stay outside of it all and just kind of watch from the outside. And I think being part of their lives and interacting with them, um, the coaches notice that, the parents notice that, and certainly the athletes notice that. So I know everybody's pressed for time, but again, if you're the administrator on duty at an event anyway, um, talk to the kids, you know, buy them a soda, have some, <laughs> spend a few minutes with them. It, it seems like a simple concept, but I don't often see it. And I do appreciate it when I do see it. Now, again, it's another spot on thing that, you know, sometimes the young AD and even the older ones, you know, you can get so wrapped up in the minutia of the sport that you forget uh, that it's about the kids. It's about those relationships. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Those are two great ones. Uh, you got one more for us? Um, yeah, I, I would say shadowing every team at least one day. Um, you, again, athletic directors come from all backgrounds, just like your coaches. Some of them are former coaches. Some of them don't have any experience coaching. They just have good experience administrating. Um, you might know the sport at a fundamental level, but 
shadowing your coach and how they approach their team and how they interact with their team. Um, you don't have to know all the rules. You don't have to know all the kids' names or, you know, uh, you know, take a sport like track and field or, or baseball and you might, might not get a couple things wrong. It's fine. Um, but just for an example, I had one of the athletic directors that um, pointed out he liked my coaching style and it mentioned that more than once. And I finally did bring up to him that he'd never seen me coach ever. Like he'd never spent the time with, with me or my kids. Um, and I know that I'm doing a fine job and my kids' performances reflect that, but um, I think it's important to, to know your coaches and to shadow what they do and how they speak to the kids and, and not, to, not to reprimand them, but you know, sometimes that might be the case. But, you know, just just to if someone asks, you can say this coach has this philosophy and this team, this is their routine. And and I know this. And I, I think just like I said, spend a day with each of your coaches and each of the teams. Uh, I, again, you're you're 100 percent right. Uh, our job is ADs. You know, we're there to help the coaches so they can help the kids. And if we can get out there and help the kids a little bit in some way, that's true. But you can't do that in your office. You can't do that, as you said, in the golf cart. You got to get out there. The kids see it and the coaches see it. And for the athletic directors who do take your advice and get out there, the rewards and the benefits are just, you, you can't put a price tag on that. Uh, it, it's just so impactful for the program. Absolutely. Um, My athletic director enjoyed a cross country meet so much more when she actually knew what was happening, <laughs> knew a couple of the kids' names and knew how far we were running and, and what our warm up routine was just, just by spending that, you know, half an hour with us on a, on a practice day um, when she had to be at a meet. Now it's exciting. Now you, <laughs> now you know what's going on. And again, it's as the AD, in a way, it's your team. So you should be doing yep. everything that you can to help the coach, help those Absolutely. kids out. Great, great stuff. Uh, Jen, if um, one of our listeners wants to reach out, pick your brain a little bit more about coaching or your school or even um, becoming an official, uh, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. Um, it's coachlockrum at gmail.com. So lockrum is L O C K R E M. Okay. Like I said, I'm, I'm glad to answer questions and, and, always looking to make new connections and learn. There you go. Jennifer Lockroom, uh, University High School. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. For our listeners, uh, the Zoom recordings of all of our interviews are uploaded to the Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back just about every day for new content on the Educational Lady Podcast. We'll see you next time. And we want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can find out more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your school by going to hometownticketing.com and talk to their experts. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Thanks again for listening to the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time. Uh, everybody have a great day. Oh, 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 oh,